on SEN. Jack Revolt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Welcome to Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne the University of Technology's open world experience. Sam Hargraves filling in for Jack Heaven, but don't worry about me. It's all about the main man, the two-time Premiership Tiger, the uh, the Prince of Punt Road, we'll call him. Uh, Jack Rewald, hello to you, mate, all the way up in sunny Gold Coast. <laughs> Come on, Sammy, the Prince of Punt Road. Oh, is that Dusty? Dustin's, Dustin's <laughs> definitely the Prince of Punt Road. I'm the Joker of Punt Road, I can tell you. That's the role I like to play, but no, it's... Uh, well, we, we, we'll, we'll set this straight from the from the get go. Mm. For the listeners that are listening to the show, don't worry. I'm not. I'm not just sitting here re- prepping for a game, doing a radio show. This is a pre-record. We're recording it the the day before we go out to play the Suns. I'm, well, I'm sitting here looking at Metricon Stadium. It's 400 metres away, and I'm thinking yep. we could go over and play them over there. But we are heading up the highway to the Gabba to play them up in Brisbane, and it's been a happy hunting ground up there for the Tigers. Obviously, most of the game's been played against the Lions. We had a win against the Swans. Uh, it's a pretty ugly game uh, about a month ago. That was the first game for the Tigers up here in the Queensland hub. And we'll be heading back up there to play what is a pretty important game for for both clubs. Um, and both clubs are playing pretty good footy. So it should be... Uh, should be a cracker of a game, Sammy. Absolutely. Well, I thought we were just going to maybe just try and say that you're on the massage table and then you were into the, the, the you we could get you to start whispering and saying that you're in the, the, the meeting before the game. But no, through the magic of radio, we are recording this the day before, as you said, and you guys have got a big game against Gold Coast to, to get through as well. Before we get into the, the changes, because you've got the, uh, the late breaking mail or the early breaking mail, um, it's a yes. happy day. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful day. Uh, there's another tiger that's joined the litter. There is another tiger that's joined the litter, and Shane Edwards had a little. Uh, Shane Edwards and his Sam, uh, his partner Sam, had a little girl called Maya. So that's um, it's very exciting. Um, obviously, pretty highly publicised because uh, he didn't make it up here in the, the initial um, hub games. So he's uh, he's had a little girl, and and uh, she looks exactly like Shane. So hopefully, uh, for the Tiger fans, two thousand and forty, we can see. Mayor Edwards kicking it to Poppy Revolt at full forward. Oh, so uh, yes. we've got a, we've got a great little contingent of girls actually coming up for that sort of 2040 draft, and and we'll uh, hopefully a few famous names head back to Punt Road in the yellow and black. But it's uh, no, it's a, it's a it's a very special moment for for anyone to have their first child, um, and for him to be able to um, to uh, celebrate that at home um, is extremely special. And uh, yeah, we're we're wrapped for him. We're absolutely chuffed that. That um, his uh, his partner Sam's well and the baby's well and that they're enjoying their new parenthood together. Absolutely, and I think when people say, "Geez, did he make the right call or didn't he?" When you look at the photos on Instagram and and the joy and the uh, on their faces, you can absolutely rest assured that, that they made the right decision uh, as a family. And then uh, hopefully uh, you can welcome him back uh, at some point during the year. But um, as, we, as you said, though, the father-son, as we know, is one of the greatest things in sport. Uh, it is unique to our wonderful game. But father-daughter is going to be something just incredibly special, isn't it? I think most of the Lions sides from the, the three-peat there, I think a lot of their players had daughters. Uh, so I think they're really looking forward to, in a few years' time, hopefully there's a, a big contingent coming through. And it might be the same for you guys from your premiership uh, success that we can look ahead and think, geez, imagine those famous names running out. Uh, that's going to be something special. Uh, take us through the team changes for the game tomorrow night, Jack. Uh, we've got three big ins tomorrow. So obviously the captain comes back in after being rested off um, off, to, off the four-day break uh, heading to Port Adelaide. I think there was a pretty sort of um, smart decision and, and one that was, was uh, I think, unanimous with the, the whole club and probably even the fans as well to to give the skipper a bit of a rest and, and make sure his hammy was right to go for, for tonight. Um, Jack Graham comes in as well. Uh, and Oleg Markov, who was fantastic in the one game that he has played yeah. for the Tigers, uh, with Nick Loston being that late out uh, a few weeks back, he gets another chance to, to play in the back line as well. So those guys are, are replacing Egg Smith, uh, Jack Ross and Josh Caddy, who have been omitted. So... Three big ins, three important players to, to come back into the football club. Um, and, it's uh, yeah, it's exciting that, that they get their chance again to... Well, Trent's obviously, uh, um, being the captain, is a pretty important player. But the, the two younger guys to get another chance to come in and, and, uh, and play their role and, and make their mark in the, in the team and hopefully hold their position as well. So, it's um, yeah, it's an exciting night for those two. Uh, 
Now, I noticed that uh, Josh Caddy's out. Now, surely that's not just because of that uh, 50 metre. Pad. Dimmer hasn't gone uh, whack in such a, a big fashion, has he? Is that what's going on <laughs> no, there? No, 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 no. Look, Cads has um, obviously had, he had a hamstring injury there and missed three games yep. and then came back in for, for last week. I think it's just about finding a little bit of form. No doubt yep. uh, Josh Caddy at full flight is in, uh, is in our best 22. But um, just finding, finding a little bit of form... Um, and uh, and getting back out and getting back into the team is the, the most important thing for Cads as well. So a little bit of a rest there, but um, no doubt he'll be he'll be back in the side soon and, and playing an important role. But there's a few there's a few troops that are that are on the way, and we we spoke about Shane not coming up. Basha Hooley was the other yeah. player that didn't come up in that initial intake. He's uh, he's joined Hub Life, so he's um, he's in the Hub now and. And the club have taken, a, I suppose, a cautious approach with him, as, as most clubs are doing at the moment. When there's any players that are coming in without a, without a run under their belt or under any sort of injury cloud, is that there's a, there's a real caution to the to the wind. And, and we know that Bash's footy is well, best footy is is up there with uh, the most important players at this football club. So he won't play this week, but more than likely he'll be available for, for dream time. Well, what would I call it? Dream time at TIO up in Darwin. So uh, that's going to be he's, he's that's going to be a magic night. It is going to be a magic night. And I think Toby Nankervis will be pushing for that game. Nank as the tank. Well. Yeah, Nank the tank. We heard from Dion in the last show. He's still three to four weeks away, um, and uh, and the rest of the Tigers that have been training in Melbourne have also joined the hub with Basher too. So a lot of younger players are making their way up here um, to be involved in scratch matches. Funnily enough, yesterday's scratch match uh, involved 10 Richmond players. Yep. Six of them played for Essendon and four of them played for the Western Bulldogs. So at one point there was <laughs> wow. uh, there was the starting midfields of both sides comprised of three Richmond on ballers on either team and uh, no idea who the rucks were. So uh, no, there's, there's guys get up here getting a run, preparing themselves to play because we know this is the uh, the season and the war of attrition uh, injuries happen, so the the deeper we can bat, the more important it is. So uh, things are things are going well up here in in Hublot, Sammy, and um, all players are now, bar the the two obvious ones, are uh, are on the ground and ready to go. It's one of the amazing oddities of the hub life, isn't it? In the year that we're having, that you've got to pull on another team's jumper at some point. It's like junior footy uh, all over again. In some of the people that played country footy would know that full well. For teams that might not have had numbers, it'll there'll be some great stories that come out of this. And I think some great. Um, relationships and the camaraderie through the league. I think it can only be a good thing, uh, a humbling thing, but certainly something that will will be, um, I think, really beneficial uh, over the course and and as we, as we move forward. I can't wait to hear some of the stories uh, that people come back with from that. There's been plenty of them. We've got two really <laughs> special guests on the show tonight that will bring stories. That's Andrew McWalter, who is uh, well, he's played for the the Richmond VFL. He's played for the Gold Coast Suns. He's been the midfield coach in the 2017 drought-breaking premiership year. And then he was the Ford coach in the uh, in the second premiership in 2019. He's back in the midfield, and we're also going to hear from our weights coach. It's something Ooh. that not a, not a lot of people put thought into is they think when you shift away, all you need is a bit of grass to go and have a kick on. But there's so many other little things to go into the preparation of getting an AFL team ready to play on. Well, I say the weekend on any day really over this frenzied footed 30 days in a row, whatever we're playing, and uh, and we'll chat to Luke Mean, who's also the runner. Um, about his uh, his role in hub life as well. So action-packed show. I uh, can't wait to see who's throwing around the most steel uh, in the weights room. Uh, and it's good I'll to see sure that a I runner is still talking. Uh, is, you've got a good relationship with the runner, so clearly you haven't sprayed him enough uh, when he's come out onto the field. So that's a good sign that you guys <laughs> are on good talking terms. I'll definitely that. Don't worry. We're <laughs> asking him what our relationship is like. We've, we've actually got a very good relationship, but... Some players, when they cross the white line, they just mm. get a little bit of the just a little bit of anger about them. And I want to I want to hit him up to know who is the most well, who's that? Who gives him the most praise, bar me? So now, that's a, that's an important question I will be putting to Luke Mann. I'm looking forward to that. Now, please explain to me. I love innovation in, in footy, and we all do, and, and different ways in which coaches can implement uh, discipline. Uh, and a way to address on-field discipline issues. Now, Damien Hardwick uh, is a forward thinker. He's an outside-of-the-box man. Can you please reveal um, to the Tiger Time fans and the Tiger Army faithful what he has implemented in terms of a way of dealing with on-field discipline issues? Uh, Well, I think he might have stolen this off me, to be honest. Is that right? If we're talking about the same thing, which are we talking about... uh, Might involve the Cotchins? Something that a few of us have done in the hubs. 
Well, not in the hub. There's only probably one or two people that are doing it in the hub at the moment. But And that is changing a nappy. Now, I, I'll put it to the group. <laughs> Something, look, I, I laugh about it now, but we're, we're, I think we're number 18 for giving away 50s. Mm. Um, so it's we've, we've, we've spoken about it and we're addressing it. And I think every player that's given away a 50 from now on has to change a, uh, a nappy of Parker Conscience. <laughs> Wow. We had a blowout. We had a blowout the other day. It did. Um, I'm looking at the oval right now, and we. Um, this is a funny little story. Camden McIntosh and Jason Castagna actually went down, and they've built a, a set of soccer goals for us. Yep. So they're out there constructing them out of PVC pipe, and young Parker was running around, and all of a sudden a little bit of a stench came up. With oh, what's that? And the young fellow had had a blowout out the side of the nappy, and. And his father had to carry him inside. So that wasn't one of the nappies that was changed. But it's been put on the agenda that any player going forward now has to change a, not a number one, it's got to be a number two uh, <laughs> soiled nappy from Parker Koch. And then, trust me, Well-y. as a father, I've got no dramas with it whatsoever. No, be so I'll be giving away 50s willy-nilly. Yeah, no worries um, about that. Just proving the point that I can change a nappy. And now I haven't changed one for a while, but... Um, I'm still backing myself in. but yep. It'll become competitive, guys, won't it? It'll become yeah, who can do the, the fastest guys, time. Don't worry. They'll be turning their nose up big time. <laughs> that's all. It's only a little bit of poo. It's okay. Yep. It's okay. But no, it's that's uh, it's something we want to get better at. Um, and look, we, we're, we're trying to make the... Uh, Trying to make light of what is a, uh, what can be a bit serious for mm. us in terms of giving away those fifties. I think we've given away a few scores from fifty two, but we want to address it and why not have a bit of fun while we're doing it? Absolutely. Uh, as you said, we're going to be joined by Andrew McWalter, uh, Luke Meehan as well. Um, but I think everyone's fascinated with hub life and the way it's unfolding for all of you guys, and that's the beauty of having you uh, hosting Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time for us for Swintopia. Um, Take us through the match day experience. What goes in? Because as we're recording this on the Sunday, uh, when this goes to air, it's an hour before game time uh, between yourselves and the Suns. Tell us about what's going to go down tomorrow in the lead up to the game at the Gabba. Well, it's, uh, I'm going to say, a menagerie of just different things. There's a whole different cats here and a whole different creatures. And we just, we go around and we do, some blokes go to the beach, some blokes Mm -hmm. get in the pool. Blokes are very, very, um, pedantic with yep. what they eat um also very pedantic with what they listen to um so it's there's a concoction of guys trying to avoid each other whilst also be teammates and get prepped and everything <laughs> that starts the night before with different meals and whatnot the chef here marco um or the patron as we are calling him he's the boss he's yep. the man that's kept like everyone it. happy for the whole the whole trip no uh, main fake He's a he's a Michelin star chef. This bloke he um, he caught myself, Dusty, and Josh Caddy. Um, we like to have dinner together the night before an away game. He mm. caught us um, bringing some takeaway in, which Ooh. which we are allowed to do. We went and bought it from a restaurant, one of the restaurants we've been to up here on the Gold Coast, and we like having Thai the night before. I'm a uh, Massman curry man, and the other two are green curries. Well, so, like a Massman and a Pad C U. Yeah, he's uh, he's caught us out and said, "Hey, what's going on here?" Um, why aren't you eating my food? And we sort of mentioned, look, oh, it's a bit of a tradition. And he goes, right, next week I'm cooking for you. So the last three weeks he's cooked up, um, he's cooked up Thai for us, uh, especially for us. And, uh, and we've, uh, yeah, it's been nearly the best Thai I've ever eaten. He's put his absolute heart and soul into it. So much so that Tom Lynch walked past last week leading into the Port Adelaide game and copped a whiff of the, of the green curry. And he's, um, he's added himself to the crew well, I say Ooh, a self-invite. Yeah, he's self-invited himself in. He's actually started one of the blue iMessage groups and said, I'm in for dinner. <laughs> Didn't even ask, is it okay? He wrote, I'm in for dinner. So we had to go down and let Marco, the patron, know that, mm. uh, that the big Lynchy is in for dinner tonight as well. You almost have so to double the amount uh, he makes. He's a big boy, Lynchy. He, yeah, he he's put a big down boy. A so, uh, no, it's, 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 uh, it's very funny. You want to be a fly on the wall around this place because it's... Uh, you look at some stuff and you think, what on earth are they doing? But it all works. Guys yep. get ready and then next thing you know, we're out there and the ball's bounced and it's game on. Take us into the rooms. What's going on at the ground? What? Uh, how does it unfold in the rooms? There'll be guys with headphones. There'll be guys who want to muck around. Guys who are very serious, ranting, some raving, some joking. Playlists and who gets to control it. What goes on? Martin's in charge of the playlist um, and he sort of always has been. Sean Grigg was probably the... Uh, he probably started because we didn't have music in the rooms for a long time. Was sort of the AirPods in or the headphones on, and, yep. and everyone would listen to what they want to. But now in the in the rooms, uh, in the change rooms, it's um, Dustin. Dustin's in charge of 
of DJing, and we cover a absolute variety of uh, of genres. Um, we've got a well, a lot of our uh, a lot of our younger players like to listen to current day rap. Um, yes. And a few of the older guys like to listen to some uh, Aussie classics. John Williamson is a is a is a favourite, mm. an absolute favourite of ours. Um, there's a there's has anyone rolled out Farnsey playing to win? Uh, no, we'll get no, we haven't that. had that. No, we haven't had that. We we like old rock, um, so that's that's good. Um, one one game or a few weeks we had the Australian national anthem play because we were on an Australian classics list. Uh, I like it. True Blues. True Blues has uh, been a song for the ages for us. Um, post-game Fisher. The, I don't know whether many of our listeners would know who Fisher is, but he's an Australian I don't know DJ. who Fisher is, but that sounds well, there fun. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a favourite, but um, no, Dustin's in charge of the tunes. Um, and, and, and it probably replicates the, the hub, really, that we yep. have so many guys that do different things. Um, one area that I think a lot of guys have really bought into and, and it's become, I suppose, a staple of the diet of the, of the Richmond football is mindfulness. So our, our mindfulness coach, Emma Murray, um, who's actually based up here on the uh, northern New South Wales coast, so we've been lucky that she's mm. been able to come to some games. Um, she, she comes in and um, they do a lot of mental preparation, a uh, bit of mindfulness prepping for the game, and that's done even in the prior to the prior days leading into the game as well. But that's just a last little tick off as a as a group. We like to do that, and then for it's, those um, who don't know what mindfulness is, they'll be listening to this going, "What on earth is that?" I just used to get into the rooms and get my ankle strapped, and then rant and rave and, and jump up and down, do the knees up, and out we go. What's mindfulness? Mindfulness is. Um, I suppose it's using your imagination and, and controlled breathing to. Um, envisage yourself uh, performing well, understanding what you're good at um, and, and actually in your mind's eye uh, performing those acts and, and um, prepping for what might come of the, of the game. It's also just sort of centering yourself as well, using your, your breath and, and, uh, and your focus to, to really narrow in on, on something that you want to do. Uh, it might be a staple of, of what makes you a good player. Um, so for me, um, mine is all... I, I, pride myself on jumping at the football so I, I might be thinking about that or it might be an area that I want to improve but generally it's a it's a strength area that that know that you know makes you you play well and it's all about yeah centering yourself and using your mind's eye to to see yourself doing that and and um that mental uh mental adaption and, and mental rehearsal actually uh, is it triggers sort of very similar functions in the brain as actually doing it physically so um, that's probably it in, in, in layman's terms, as, as, as good as I can put it, really. But it's, it's become a, a really important part of, of world sport, and it's an important part of, um, of the preparation of the, the Richmond footballer as well. Oh, that's brilliant. That's fascinating insight. Uh, take us into Dimmer's pre-match address. Normally a theme, we've come to know that. Uh, how's his approach? Is it varied? Is he always calm, or does he alternate between the fiery uh, rev-up speech, or is he just very consistent with the way he goes about it? I think one of his greatest strengths, Dimmer, is actually reading the room. So, um, I, I mean, I reckon we uh, we had a bit of a lull, sort of off the back of the of the the break where we were struggling to start games well, um, and we put that down to maybe just a bit of uh, under stimulation because we're a pretty relaxed group and and um, joke and and enjoy the pregame. And um, I, I think of one little story from that is that Daniel Rioli picking the the phone up off the wall and answering the call and then passing it to Camden McIntosh and going, oh, it's for you. Um, just that sort of really relaxed sort yeah. of attitude. Um, I, I reckon Dimmer sensed that in, in the group and, is, and started really pushing his pregame um, to be a bit more of your, your sort of rah-rah, um, what you would think of, a, of, of football speeches. Uh, and, and I reckon that had a real sort of turn in the way we started. So it was probably three weeks in we sort of identified that, hey, we, we need to fix something here and he sort of read the room and said, right, yeah, let's do that. And we changed a few things in our warm-up as well. But um, it's always theme-based. Um, it sort of starts um, the day before. So today, um, being being Sunday into tomorrow night's game or tonight's game as we, as we are pre-recording, mm. uh, is um, he, he started the theme today and then it will lead on into into the game tonight. So, um, Can yeah, you tell it's, us what the good. theme is? No, I won't oh, give away okay. the theme. Because it, had to ask. Um, you know I had to ask. No, I, I understand. <laughs> it's, we spoke actually spoke to Tom Lynch last week about 
his favourite theme um, from uh, from his time at, at the Tigers, and, and there's one about um, uh, there was one about being yourself, and and um, Damien actually gave us a gift uh, prelim final night when we played Geelong, and each player had got a record, not all the same, all different, and then a handwritten letter on the why the record replicated what how he felt about us as players. Wow. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 a pretty important time, and it's one time when you think all of a sudden there's 22 blokes running out of a coach's meeting to go and have a look next to their locker what they've been given for, for the week. And it's funny, a funny story because um, he actually continued that um, I suppose that that trend in the Victorian versus the All Stars game, um, and a lot of the Victorian guys who Damien coached and Dimmer coached were a bit miffed about oh what's going on here with the storytelling. And all of a sudden they go out and they've been given a gift, and they're like. What's going on? Then the original was like, "Yeah, we do this every week." So it's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit it's a little bit funny. It's it's, yeah. it's part of what makes a club um, our club great. I reckon is the fact that we we tell stories and mm. we uh, we um, uh, we learn about. It's a lot of it's about sport. But we also learn a bit a bit about life on the on the way through, on the journey, on the way through. So um, certainly one of his greatest strengths is is being able to tell that story and and bring it back to a little bit about how we want to play that weekend. Probably one of the things that makes you the envy of a lot of clubs. Um, Gold Coast tonight, um, when you head out there, the danger zones for Gold Coast. Where and how will you get the job done? How are you getting the win here? Because you're only two points, as we speak now on a Sunday, you're only two points outside the four. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a big game for, for both clubs. And I think, um, look, they've been a, a really big improver, Gold Coast. Um, the, uh, the names that you look at as, as kids um, two, three years ago, are now men and they're, they're playing good footy and they've been um, they've also got some really great young talent in terms mm. of if you look at Rankin King Lacocious um, those sort of guys Ballard who plays in the back line as well they're really important players for them so we know that we've got our, our hands full tonight they play a little bit of a similar brand to us um, fairly high pressured um, they're very good at um, uh, marking the ball on the lead so um, a lot of time and effort's been put into this one. We've 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 had a nine-day break, so we've we've had a bit of a longer break, which has given us a bit more prep time. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a really important game for both clubs, and 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 one for us that we we need to win. Absolutely, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing that game unfold. Jack, don't go anywhere. You've organised some fantastic guests for us coming up very soon. Uh, before the end of the show, we'll speak to your strength and conditioning coach, Luke Mann. But up next, Coach's Corner is back for another week, and it's the former Saint uh, played in a couple of grand finals. Three, in fact, uh, for St Kilda. Andrew McWalter is going to join us on the other side of this. It's Jack Rewald's Tiger time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Visit Swintopia to experience student life unrestricted. On SEN, Jack Revolt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. It's Jack Revolt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. The Tigers and the Suns uh, tonight. Uh, you'll hear that right here on SEN from 7 o'clock with Jack Everett and Terry Wallace. But Jack, it's time for Coach's Corner for Host Plus, proud superannuation partner of the Richmond Tigers. And you've been able to wrangle another one of your fantastic assistant coaches to have a chat with us. That's right, Sammy. We've got a well, very special guest and a man that fits the moulds of a lot of segments in this show. He's uh, Coach's Corner. Uh, he's the two-timing Tiger. Uh, but most importantly at the moment, he is the midfield coach of uh, the Richmond Football Club and forward, I would say forward ball movement, Andrew McQuarter, is that what you would say? Just ball movement. Just ball movement in general. None of the back stuff, <laughs> none of the negative stuff. It's just ball movement going forward. Now, we'll give you a little bit of an intro into Andrew's coaching career. Well, his career at Richmond, um, he also played for the Saints and the Suns, but your career at Richmond started off as a, um, a development coach and, and playing a bit of time in the, the VFL. Was it the first year Richmond had a VFL team? It was the first year, And yep. played under Craig McRae. No, Tim Clark to start with. Tim Clark, that's mm. right. Well, there's a throwback in the past, isn't it? It is. And then you, uh, you've obviously coached the midfield in 2017 and 2018. Forward line, 2019. Yep. And then back to the midfield in 2020. What, what happened? Well, I want to know what first. <laughs> what happened for the forwards? What did we do? We won the premiership under you. You just sacked us after that. Look, you just, you've got to move on. You've got to keep moving forward. So give someone else a chance to deal with you idiots down in the forward line. You're, you're, well, I want to speak about a few players. And this one's going to probably 
burn a little bit in the hearts of the Richmond faithful. Dan Butler, who's mm. now moved on to St Kilda Football Club, I would think that you would probably be one of the most pivotal people in the, um, I suppose, the development of Dan. Did you see a season like he's having so far down at St Kilda in the player like him? I think so. Like Butts has obviously got unbelievable speed, um, and he's what people probably don't realise is he's an amazing finisher at goal. Um, maybe not the best field kick, but he when he's around goals he finishes well. So I think with Butts he probably just lost a little bit of confidence and goes to a new club, becomes important. Uh, is valued and it's it's been awesome to watch him go the way he has this year. Yeah, and um, the, the the mentality from coaching a, a midfield group, um, which you, which you've done twice now. You've coached the obviously the midfield in 2017 when they won the flag, and 2018, which was such a successful year, into coaching the forwards back to the mids. Mm. What's it like? Do you do you change your mentality in terms of how you speak to the group or how you prepare for the, the game or, or how you review the game as well? Is there is there a different mentality or is it sort of just basically one one size fits all? Oh, I think the difference is the people in the group probably, and it's um, you look at our forward line group last year. Apart from really you yourself and Lynchy, it was a pretty young group. So um, I think having to lean on your senior players is important, but then there's just different ways of, of coaching young and old old players as well. So, um, look, my, my philosophies are probably fairly similar to coach either line, but just dealing with different groups and, and the age group of of that particular line is, is where the difference comes in. And have you noticed a difference going back to the midfield? And now I know it's only a year that you had away from, from mm. coaching that midfield group, and it's probably in your own career predominantly played sort of high half forward mm. and, and wing and a little bit of inside mid. Have you noticed a difference in the game from even just 12 months out of coaching the, the midfield group? Oh, probably not a huge change in the last 12 months, but um, I think it's just, again, like you look at our team this year and there's probably four different mids that haven't, didn't play there when I last coached them. So it's ever-evolving and dealing with new people. And, and, and obviously I hadn't worked with Kingers closely before, so dealing with Kingers and... Um, yeah, it's been good fun. So how does that role split? You, did, you mentioned mm. Kingers. So we, mm. we've got two midfield coaches. How, how does that actually work um, when, when coaching the midfield group? Yeah, so Kingers does basically all the stoppages and all and all the defence for the midfield group. Um, and then I, I basically do all the all the offence for for the mids. So there's... the, ro- the good the, bits, no tackling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. About that. I'm not sure why, because I wasn't very good at offence back in my day either. <laughs> but um, it, look, I've loved the role. It's It's enjoyable and... Uh, I'm learning every week as well. Um, I wanted to just go back to last week, um, and, and we are leading into obviously tonight's game against the the Gold Coast Suns. Last week, we tomorrow night. No, well, this is running in oh. tonight, oh. so it is a pre-record. So, oh, whoops. No, that's okay. It's all good. The fans know that it's a pre-record because <laughs> it'd be a bit awkward if I was doing the radio show literally running as I'm about to run out yeah, to the ground. True. But last week's stoppage battle, centre bounce, we were, we were beaten a little bit. Mm. The uh, the impact of having Trent back into the side mm. how, how how important is that for the group? Well I think if you looked at that midfield group they were really quite inexperienced yeah. in terms of um, particularly centre bounce attendances so Trent just been an incredible ball player and pressure player um, centre bounce it's really a 3v3 4v4 contest and it's probably the only part of the ground or the game we ever get that and that's where Trent really shines so rapt to have him back but it was also like a, we learnt a lot from, from losing that Senate, those centre bounces last week, and hopefully we'll be able to rectify a few of those things tomorrow, uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, leading into the game, and it's mm. a, bit of, a bit of a unique radio uh, show because we are leading into the, the game against the Suns tonight, as we said before. What's the preparation like on game day for, for a coach? Now, players do a lot of different things in terms of uh, having a sleep and getting ready for that, but for a coach, is there a few things that you like to tick off in the sort of final hours before we do go into, into battle? It's... Um it's different. It's something I had to get used to a lot at the start because it's you don't have I don't have anywhere near as much anxiety as you have as a player. So it's um, it kind of can be a bit of a slow day for me. Game day, I'm just sort of I'll take it pretty easy in the morning. But to be honest, there's not a, not a heap of stuff. I'll, I'll probably just write down a few notes of kind of things which I think will impact the game offensively tomorrow night or challenges we may have, and then um, we have a coaches meeting a couple of hours before the game and just discuss things that may may challenge us and some solutions that we might come up with. So, so is that a like, hypothetical sort yeah. of meeting? Yeah, we call it a contingencies meeting. So things, for example, things aren't working or um, 
player positions or you know some scenarios we might be facing that we may have to change things. We sort of just have a bit of a bit of a chat about pre-planning some ideas we might have to use, um, and I guess it just gets us all thinking about different ways we can impact the game. And in terms of interaction with players mm. and, and midfielders. Um, do, do most guys sort of stay away from you for the day and then as soon as they get to the ground it's sort of interaction or is there players that like to have involvement during the ga- during the day to, to prepare and, and do you play a role in that? I think game day, well, I, I would think most of our preparation is probably done by game day. Um, the day before and the, the days leading up to, we, we probably spend a fair bit of time with individuals preparing them. But on game day, it's all just, you know, just like reinforcing good behaviours really is what, what, what my contact will pl- with players will be and um, clarifying roles or, or something like that. But it's not not a lot of new information on game day. And do you seek out younger players that may have, and you mentioned the inexperienced midfield mm. last week, is there more of a, um, I suppose, concerted effort from you to, to focus in on them for, for them to get their game up and going rather than the, well, I suppose, the guys that have been there for a while now in terms of Trent, Dustin, yeah. and, and even Camden to a certain extent, who, yeah. who's played a lot of footy on the wing? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Like you probably, it's 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 a bit of a it can be a delicate one though because you don't want to give new players too much information either. So, I think what you know often you look at Shea Bolton for for example this year and it, sometimes the, the the message to Shea is just go and do your thing, mate. Like and with some with with a little bit more around it, but it's, it's it can be as simple as that. Yep. And the less he thinks, the better he is. So and then conversely, some older players actually need some some reinforcement about what they're good at at times as well. Um, we've seen most players really in our team have little form slumps, um, and sometimes it's just going back to what you're really good at and and what we value in them helps them play well on game day. I'm glad you mentioned Shea Bolton because he's probably been, along with Noel Balter, um, the two really I suppose young shining lights that we've seen come into the to the football club, uh, or not into the football club, but come into the senior side and really cement themselves. Shea, I've seen it. Being a premiership player, mainly as a, a high half forward, but yeah. now through injuries, had the opportunity to play midfield, where he played most of his junior football. Did you did you see the did you see that in him, the, the ability to have the impact that he, that he does have in the middle of the ground? Uh, oh, look, yeah, of course, because we saw snippets of it, and you think of the the strengths of Shea as a player. It's it's around the contest mainly, and then his ability to use his speed on the outside. So he's just got extraordinary evasive skills. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a he's a highly disciplined player. He, he plays some roles for us which require discipline. And you know, Shea is a he's only twenty twenty one, twenty two. So his learning capacity is huge to be able to execute those roles. So it's probably not been as big a surprise to us as it has been to the outside how well he's gone through the midfield. He's a pretty he's a pretty special little player. Now we're going to get um, we'll, we'll have Luke Mean on the show later Jeez. after this, and he's he's by extension a, a coach because I think he is. A little bit being the runner, yeah. the the coach's box. Take, mm. take us inside it. What's it? <laughs> what's it like? Is it? Um, well, is it? Is uh, is it like a? I suppose a, a battle zone really in terms of just the commanders everywhere making moves left, right, and centre, or is it a pretty harmonious place where everyone agrees, or is it? What's it? What's it actually like? Well, it depends if you guys are winning or not. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it goes. Oh, look, I don't know a, whether it does, because yeah, I've seen true. a 60 points up in a grand yeah. final and the coach still going bunter. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Um, I think, it, look, it's, it's, it's an environment where decisions need to be made pretty quickly. So um, there, there's, good, there's good discussion, and there's no rash decisions made, but it's good, quick discussion based on evidence and then making a decision from there. So not everyone always agrees, but at the end of the day... Our job as assistants is to throw up ideas or solutions or plans, and then Dimmer decides on the plans. Do you think and that? Yeah. Do you think that that's a real strength of our coaching group? And I sort of look at our coaching group: yourself, Adam Kingsley, uh, Justin Lepich, um, Damien, obviously, and Craig McRae. Mm. All fairly different mm. players um, oh, yeah. and different uh, football experiences. Does, does the, uh, and you say that there's you don't. Wholly agree around it. There's so many differences of opinions. Is that mm. a strength of the group, do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think also um, each of us have seen different things work. Yep. Because um, sometimes what you can do is you think there's only one answer to things always. So um, the ability to see things from a different way and get the same result by doing something a bit differently is is probably a strength of the coaching group. And and at the end of the day, Dimmer's ability to be able to listen and um, 
decipher things and then make the best decision is probably his greatest strength as well. So he's he's ultimately the decision maker and we're just there to support and provide some ideas where we can. And so offense is obviously your part of the, of the, uh, of the coaching um, coaching game for us. What can we expect to see from the Suns tonight um, defensively? What, what are they going to bring to, to take away what um, has been a pretty decent month in terms of Richmond football? Yeah. Um, what do you expect them to bring? Well, they've changed a fair bit of their, their defense in the last 12 months. So they were, um, they're now quite an aggressive, um, proactive defense, which is can be challenging to play against. So I expect them to be they're high pressure around the ball. They've got a lot of really good contested high-pressure players around the ball so, and, and and in their front half. So they've got some speed there. So I think that's what we'll face. We'll face a fair bit of pressure. Uh, the game will be will be hot. It's an important game for both both teams, so I, I expect it to be like that. And um, The other thing that they're doing well this year is marking the ball, uh, intercept marking the ball, particularly Sam Collins. So that'll be a challenge that uh, you guys will, will deal with, and I'm sure you do a great job of it. And the final one, it's a bit more of a fun question. Um, I spoke to Lynchy last week. He was our two-timing Tiger. We've had two shows leading into the, the Suns game due to the long mm. break. Um, but I like, a, I've, 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 I'm a lover of Survivor. And, and tonight we've actually got um, Amy, who is from a couple of seasons ago on Survivor, who's um, going to come on, on the show uh, with a connection to Swinburne. But um, we're after um, who you would vote off um, Survivor Island or the elite Gold mm. Coast KDV where we are right now. Um, the only person you can't vote off though is Jake Arts who was Lynchy, Lynchy um, lynched him uh, pretty early and got him off the show. Is there anyone that you would th- and I'll accept coaches mm. um, and players that you would like to see voted off and have their torch snuffed? Did you just say Lynchy lynched him? Yep. Yeah, you went there? That was a pun. Okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, I think like straight away, straight away that question. I right, always, everyone does. We think of Pat Nash, yeah, Pat right? Nash. But I actually think Pat's critical for the for the island right now because yeah, you can you can he's a he's a swing vote. You can actually always yes. keep him in, in and the, he's not a real threat. So you want to keep him on. Yep. You want to keep him in. Um, Could probably, you stab your mate in the back? Nah, this early? Nah, Couldn't stab a nah, not, in nah, the back? not not yet. He's been a really reliable mate for me during this trip. So I'm going to stay with him. I think. Um, Look, the one that's shown the most unreliable traits so far is Liam Baker. Really? Yeah. He's just he's thrown out some just some blatant lies. Can you elaborate on any of these? Oh, yeah, I can. So we were playing a FIFA tournament and we'd... Um, we spoke about this last week. Actually, did you? We had a gaming expert on. Right. So you're a part of the FIFA tournament. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm 34, but I still, yep, I still don't <laughs> mind gaming. Um, I'm not very good. I've got Soldo as my, my mate who's he's a gun. very good. Um, but what happened is um, Jace Castagna organised 4pm tomorrow was when he organised it, the FIFA tournament. So everybody's like, yep, looking forward to it, can't wait. So we turn up and uh, poor old Hugo Ralph Smith doesn't have a First partner. player? Yeah, Hugo doesn't have a partner there. And who's, he spo- who's supposed to be his partner? All of a sudden this, um, this message comes through. I think it was from... Oh, it was actually from yourself. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> so you sent a photo of you and Bakes on the golf course. And Bakes... So what Bakes decided to do was not tell anyone that he wasn't going to turn up to the FIFA tournament, but just didn't didn't turn up. The whole the whole day's competition got thrown into disarray due to the selfishness of Liam. So um, to be honest, he's I just don't trust him. So no, like I'm going that. to get rid of him. I like that. Well, there you go, Tiger fans. We've had two players voted out so far. Liam Baker because he chose golf with me over the FIFA <laughs> tournament, <laughs> and uh, and Jake Hart's obviously voted out last week, but. Um, a, uh, a very interesting chat, and thank you, Andrew, for taking us inside the, uh, well, I suppose inside the, the war room, really, of, of the Richmond Football Club. We really appreciate it, and hopefully tonight, the, for your sake, the, the offence can get up and going. We can kick a lot of goals and, um, and have a good win. All relying on you, mate. Kick some goals. Oh, I'll try. Don't worry. Good job. There you go, Sammy. Andrew McWalter from, uh, from up here live at the Hub. Well, I won't say live, but it's the day before. Um, looking forward to, to the big game tonight. Coach's Corner for Host Plus. We go with you. Don't go anywhere. Jack Rewalt's Tiger time. We've got plenty more still to come. And before we finish up on the show, the strength and conditioning coach of the Richmond Tigers, Luke Meehan, will tell us who's lifting the most steel in the weight room. That's all still to come on Jack Rewalt's Tiger time. On SEM, Jack Rewalt's Tiger time. For Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. 
Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. And Jack, you've managed to get another one of the coaches to come in and have a chat. Thanks, Sam. Yes, no, we are joined by, oh, well, I would have said he's one of the most powerful figures in the football club because not only is he our weights coach, he's also the club runner, and that is Luke Meehan. Luke Meehan, welcome to Tiger Time. Thank you, Jack. Now, first time on radio, by the way. First time on radio. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a pre-record, mate, so it's okay. You, if, you, if you swear, we'll be able to go through and, um, and edit it out, mate. But uh, I wanted to get you on because um, uprooting a football club and just taking them away to another state seems pretty easy just to go, right, yeah, throw everyone on a plane and, and get, get everyone up there and there's grounds to train on and whatnot. But the, the thing that a lot of people forget is that there's another side of AFL football, which is the, the physical side of things, and, the, and that is the uh, getting your body right to play. And, and you, as, uh, as weights coach... Um, have a pretty important role in that. How's it been actually transitioning up here to the Gold Coast? Uh, interesting. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's been a lot of uh, taken a lot of organisation. Obviously, um, when we first got up here, we were at three or four different gyms. Is that right? Um, the AFL have been awesome organising gyms for us. Um, but me being that strength nerd. Um, there are lots of little subtle differences between gyms that um, most of the listeners might not know about. So, like, just slight changes in exercise machines might mean a lot of difference to certain guys. Um, so, um, yeah, we've had to adapt on the fly a little bit. The physios have been awesome. Strength guys have been awesome. So, you guys have been awesome too. Okay, cool. Yep. Now, so, we now explain to the listeners now the setup that we've got here. We are at the... Elite Gold Coast, which is a part of a, a KDV, what's called KDV, and they're a sort of sporting precinct. And we've been pretty lucky because yep. um, we've got a decent setup downstairs now, don't we? Yeah, we do. We've um, shipped up probably half of our gym from Melbourne up in a truck, and uh, the AFL have also been awesome organising some equipment for us. Um, so we actually have our own gym here, which is pretty good because I'm not sure. I'm sure a lot of the other teams up here are sharing gyms. Um, so we're quite lucky here. And, uh, well, well, we have spoken to our listeners about, um, uh, well, we let them know that we, and they would have seen on social media that uh, we had a flood here, actually, yeah. <laughs> at, at, our, uh, at our facility. And uh, the gym is located in the underground car park, which yep. is below the, uh, below the accommodation rooms there. At, at about ground level, um, any equipment damaged or were you having kittens when it started raining uh, yeah. and you needed to, to get down there and move some of the equipment up a bit higher? I was lying in bed that night and I could hear the rain and I was thinking, nah, surely surely it would be okay. Yep. And I uh, got up in the morning to actually come down to the gym to use it myself and um, there was panic stations. <laughs> but everyone was pretty cool, weren't they? they were so most of the club helping. down here shifting the gear up, yeah. putting it on crates. And we had, uh, or was, I think we had probably three or four treadmills sitting on about maybe yeah. a metre high of crates so yep. they'd be out of the water. So it was a, yep. a little it, bit crazy there. It was, and it was quite funny. When the water receded, we had to um, clean the gym, obviously, and there was lots of mud, and there were things like frogs and spiders and all sorts of things all over the equipment, which R- is quite funny. <laughs> Random stuff. Now, yep. I suppose with the compressed fixture, we have a fairly routine sort of um, way we go about weights in terms of the days leading into a game that we generally do weights. But with these shorter breaks now, have you... Have you found it hard to adapt the players' programs around actually lifting? Because yeah. those those shorter breaks probably tend to, to leading to less yep. lifting time. Yeah, that's true. We um we probably have the philosophy here of um, what we call the minimal effective dose. Um, so we don't try and cram too much in. We go, kind of get done what we need to get done. And um, yeah, that that's actually been reducing a lot of the work. Particularly, we had a four day break between Brisbane and Port Adelaide, and um, you would have done the session. How long were you in the gym for? Oh, maybe five uh, minutes. That's, yeah. that's a world record for me, actually. Yeah, the, um, yeah, we have got some guys from Amazon filming, and they came down to film that session. I said, you're probably filming the shortest session ever done here. So, yeah, it's been look, it's been okay. Um, you guys are pretty good at receiving or, or adapting to us as well. And, um, yeah, we don't want to try and overcomplicate things. That's the main thing. Now, I'm going to ask a question that I know yeah. that every fan wants to know and every Richmond fan wants to know. What does Dusty do in the yeah. gym? Because he's, we see him out <laughs> yeah. in the field and he's, he's so dynamic and yep. he's so strong. You'd think that that would equate to being the strongest yes, in the gym and being true. the most powerful. But what does he actually do? Yeah, well, I'd love to say that I had a lot to do with that. Um, but unfortunately, I can't say that. He's, uh, he's blessed with some very good genetics. So um, are you saying that he doesn't do anything he, in the gym? He does, he does a little bit, but it wouldn't be probably not what your listeners are thinking. Um, Again, going back to minimal effective dose, he, he's extremely explosive and um, 
Yeah, we kind of just do enough to kind of enhance what he's already got. Um, you'd be surprised he doesn't bench a lot, does he? No, he's pretty weak, actually. In the bench no, because mo most people him. know what a bench press is, so I'm always asked how much does Dustin bench, and, and they're quite disappointed when I tell them it's not that much. <laughs> just, you're basically saying that Dustin Martin, who everyone would think would be the strongest player yep. in the, at the club and even the competition, is arguably nearly the weakest. He, no, no I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, could, oh, I think we could make him the strongest, but we, we sort of um, he responds pretty well to weight, so we don't want to bulk him up too much if okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I will, I will ask the question then. If you were to pick one player, and, and I'm not going to say who's going to lift the most and who's the, who has yep. the, the most bench or whatnot, but yep. pound for pound, who would you say would be the strongest player at the football club currently? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that's an easy answer. It's Jason Kazagna. And why, yep. and why is that? Uh, well, he was—he came to us from an athletics background, I, I believe. Is that correct? Oh, I think he had right. we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, and um, his dad's a metal worker, so yeah, um, yeah we'll go with that. <laughs> maybe, maybe lots of uh, helping his dad uh, when he was growing up. But yeah, no, he's pound for pound, pound for pound, easily our strongest player. And, and um, what's yeah. the most impressive thing that George can do in the gym? Yeah. Okay. Um, well. Technically, he's awesome, but that's probably boring. Um, I could say the listeners would probably understand. He can do three chin-ups with 55 kilos attached to him. So, so it's on top of his body weight. So what, let's say he weigh about 80, 80 kilos, 85 yeah, he's, kilos he's 80, plus... 83 plus 55. 55 in terms of dumbbells attached uh, to him. Well, yeah, well, weight plates attached to him. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. You've seen it. It's pretty good. Yeah, and not. technically perfect. Te absolutely, and he's just a really yeah. got a really good little rig, don't he? <laughs> it does. Well, the uh, the other the other the role that you play at the football club, and I mentioned yeah. it off the top, is that you're actually the club runner as well. You've yeah. you've run for other football clubs because uh, you, you haven't just been at Richmond. You've been at the Bulldogs, and uh, you're the yep. runner there, and yep. copped a few sprays down the line. Yes, from rocket, I can imagine. <laughs> yep. What's it like getting on the phone to Dimmer? No. What, is he is he cool, calm, and collected, or is he uh, got that? <laughs> No, he's he's awesome. He's um. He's you don't great. have to say he doesn't yeah. listen to the no, show, no. so it's okay. You can say what you want. <laughs> he's uh he's he's very um calm compared to some of the sprays Rocket gave me. <laughs> Rocket was awesome to run for too. He's very entertaining. But um yeah, Dim, no, Dim is great. Entertaining is um, one way to put it. Runners a very easy job when you're winning, and, and we've won a lot of games in the last three years, so I can't complain. Okay, and um, which player? I think I might be nearly throwing yep. myself under the yeah, bus yeah. here for I know this where one. this is going. Yeah. But um, you've been known to run out there and, and give a message, and, and you yep. are, a, by extension, a, an arm of the coaching group. <laughs> um, sprays back. Yep. Now, I know that I'm going to feature, but is yep. there any other players bar myself that have that have given you a decent bake? Yeah. Or maybe given you a message to return to the coaching yep. panel on the bench? I'm not, not going to talk about you because you talk about yourself enough. Yep. But, um, yeah, your, your partner in crime down there, forward line. And, um, Who, Dustin? Or? No, um, the other tall guy. Oh, Marbio? No, no, no. Lynchy? Yeah, Lynchy. He... he He's uh, a gentle giant, Tom, but um, when he crosses the field, he's vicious sometimes, isn't and, he? And what sort of, like, what, what are we no, talking about? Yeah, I'm can't repeat. There might have a few expletives, but he's just yeah. telling you to go and get nicked, really. Yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes, yeah, sends me back to the um, bench. <laughs> he's pretty, uh, yeah, he's pretty, yeah, but he's a nice fella, isn't he? Tom? Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's not he's, like that in all, he is, he normally. Is. Well, Lukey, um, thanks for joining us. It's yep. it's a little bit of a different uh, tact in terms of what we have been doing in the show, but... Yep. Uh, the the weights aspect of it, and, and and not just the lifting to get bigger. It's also the recovery aspect of it that comes with the weights. It's such yeah, an important um, part of the, I suppose, the hub life up here, and something that we had to adjust. So um, yep. appreciate you coming on the yep. show. Thanks for having me. There you go, Sammy. The inside word from um, he won't say he is, but he's one of the most pivotal people at this football club. He is a very important piece of this puzzle, Luke Man. not only being the weights coach, but the runner coach as well. So there you go. It's Jack Rewald's Tiger time for Swintopia. All the best parts of Swinburne University of Technology brought to life in Pixels. On SEN, Jack Rewald's Tiger time for Swintopia. Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Welcome back to Jack Rewald's Tiger Time. It's all for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. We're recording this on the Sunday because right now we're not too far away from Jack and the Tigers running out to take on the Suns at the Gabba. We're going to change gears at the moment, Jack. You told us a little earlier that Dimmer's always got a theme uh, for his pre-match addresses and we're no different on Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time. There's a theme to today's show and it's in regards to perseverance. Uh, and before we welcome in 
our next guest. I just wanted to ask you, what are, what are the guys into uh, in the hubs? Have you got any reality TV tragics uh, in amongst the playing group? Oh, well, we've got this um, a big group of reality TV tragics. Um, and The Bachelor uh, is running at the moment. Um, and the boys have... they. I walked in the other night and they had the candles and the rose petals set up. And that is without a word of a lie. They had a sweep Goodness um, me. to to pick the contestants. Camden Camden McIntosh, he, he um, his girl went out on the first night, so he was a bit disappointed about that. But they they reckon that Tom Lynch has he's rigged it, and that he's got the he's got the second favourite, but the one that the boys all think will uh, end up with Lockie, who's from Survivor, another uh, another uh, a reality TV show. Yes. So there there is a there are tragics up here. There are a lot of tragics in that uh, that area. Not not my go-to, The Bachelor. I'm more of a Survivor fan. Me too. Which is why our next guest, oh, very very exciting. Sam, very exciting. Absolutely. There's quite a serendipitous link between, as you mentioned, The Bachelor with Lockie on there who was on Survivor. Amy Stanton, who was on Survivor in 2017, was actually in an alliance with Lockie and got blindsided by AK and, uh, and Tessa. And I reckon Lockie as well. Uh, Amy is a Swinburne alumni. She's a plumber, uh, has been on Survivor, House Rules as well. So we've just tied that together very nicely, Jack. And we welcome very Amy nicely. in. Um, Amy, the theme is perseverance. We're going to talk to you about that. But welcome to Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm Hello, sorry Amy. that I wasn't that that good at Survivor. I feel like I really let you down because I was pretty crap at it, actually. <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, we, we, the Richmond Football Clubs had actually a big link to Survivor because Sean Hampson, mm-hmm. who played uh, a few games for the Tigers, he uh, he made uh, he made his debut a couple of years ago on Survivor. But I can tell you what, we're going to talk about perseverance tonight. And perseverance would be me sitting through a whole season of The Bachelor. But Amy, <laughs> you have seen it all. <laughs> You're an adventurer, you've been on two reality TV shows, and you're also, well, I suppose you're leading the charge for lady tradies. You've become, you're a plumber, and and what is, I suppose, a a male-dominated trade, you've sort of flipped it on its head, and you are a a fully qualified plumber, and you've you've, obviously served time at Swinburne as well to to upskill yourself too. Yeah, 100%. I I did my pre-apprenticeship at Swinburne. I actually was studying beauty therapy and then I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to do something different. So went and did a pre-apprenticeship and I'm like, yes, this is, this is for me. I'm going to give it a crack. So, and here we are now, here we are now. So yeah, I'm pretty stoked with it. How did you, so you were, you were doing a, a course in beauty and then you've all of a sudden, I would have thought shifted nearly 180 degrees to end up being a plumber. What, what drew you to actually becoming a plumber? Well, it's funny you say that because, like, I've always loved doing things with my hands and being hands-on, and I wanted a job like that, and I'm a firm believer of finding your passion and turning it into profit. But someone told me I couldn't do it, and when people tell me that, I'm like, I have to do it. Like, it happens a lot in my life. Someone yeah. told me... I couldn't walk to Canberra, so I walked to Canberra. And someone told Hang me on, I you walked to Canberra, what, from where? <laughs> Melbourne. Oh, I thought you were going to talk to you, walked to Canberra from Ainsley or something like that. <laughs> you've walked from Melbourne. <laughs> Hang on, you, we're just not going to skip over this. No, so you, surely not. You've got a little bit of this get-stuffed attitude, which I'm liking. Yeah. Uh, I'm liking. You've walked from Melbourne to Canberra. How far is that? Uh, it's like 600K. And how long did it take you? It took me a month, so I was just kind of solo. Yes, as I said, someone said I couldn't do it. Left the next day, um, slept on the side of the road. I had my bag oh, stolen. Did you uh, tell anyone you yeah. were doing this? Yeah, or was yeah. Was it Forrest Gump style? You just felt like walking. <laughs> no, I told I told everyone, and that's why I had to do it because I told people I was doing it. And you know, when you tell people you have to do something, you got to do it. So um, I went out, and Mum and Dad were a bit worried, but I said, Mum. Least I'm not on drugs, so that was. That <laughs> they might have thought that when you said you were going to walk to bloody from Melbourne to Canberra. Now the Richmond Football Club has had, we've had some famous, very famous plumbers um, play for the club. Yes, Jake King was a was a plumber. Uh, Kevin Sheedy was a yes. plumber. Now, Amy, please tell me you go for the Tigers, surely. <laughs> Look, I, I'm 
unfortunately, I go for Carlton. Actually, what? fortunately, after what happened on the weekend, pretty stoked They've got no that. famous plumbers, have they, Carlton? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think oh. so. My partner is a Richmond fan. He is actually okay. crazy. He keeps he keeps putting up all your photos in my study and stuff. It's really annoying me. Well, that that might be weird in and of itself, uh, Amy, but I wanted to just ask you a question, and I need full honesty here, please. Yes, that's weird that your partner's putting up photos of Jack Rewalt, but uh, <laughs> am I to understand this correctly, that you've actually been in Jack Rewalt's roof? Yes. What? Yes, I... <laughs> I Hang on a second. This is starting to get really creepy. <laughs> this is getting really creepy. Do tell. I want to know you... this story. <laughs> now, before I, I quit, working um, for a big company. I used to work for a company called Coombs and we did your mechanical plumbing and I remember rocking up on a Saturday and I remember meeting you. You were out there giving it a crack on the tools as well and then I had to get up and run all the flex in your ceiling. It was a good time. No, I can I can distinctly remember that and uh, Coombs is a great sponsor of the Richmond Football Club and do amazing, amazing um, work in our Indigenous area. So they're looking forward to the game coming up. Dream time at the G uh, next Saturday night. Well, I just... Yes, this is this is taken this segment. It's taken this quite a turn, hasn't it? It's taken a real big <laughs> turn today. Uh, so it's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit just caught off you, guard you, you, here. You, I think you might be blushing. I can hear it uh, the, through, the, through the speakers, Jack. Oh, well, it's a bit weird when someone's going around your house and being in your roof. It's a little bit creepy. And then all of a sudden they bob up on a radio yeah. and you think, oh, hang on a second, no. And then you find out they're walking from Melbourne to Canberra off a whim. So yeah. I'm just thinking, it's uh, no, it's it's really great to uh, to have you on, Amy. You're obviously, um, well, you obviously to see something and do something. I think that's a, it's a great, uh, great attitude to have. And obviously being part of the Swinburne alumni, um, Swinburne are obviously a great sponsor for us and, Yes, uh, I'll tell you one thing. I won't be challenging anything anytime soon because I'm worried about what the outcome might be. Well, it's, it's, one, it's interesting that you mention that, Jack. And, and as we said, the theme was perseverance that we've uh, been having in, in this segment. And, Amy, I'd be fascinated because a lot of my mates from where I'm from are, are, are tradies and they've got their own businesses, plumbers and builders and sparkies. Just talk us through some of the challenges and hurdles that you've gone through um, to, be, to become a plumber as a male, as, as a female. As Jack mentioned a little earlier, it's a male-dominated industry or traditionally has been. How important has it been for you to have that strength of conviction and, and the perseverance that you've really uh, had to display in order to get to where you are now? Yeah, I think definitely it was, it was tough at the start. I, yeah, as I said, I did my pre-apprenticeship with Swinburne and I was ready to get there, out there and give it a crack. And I honestly, I applied for 120 jobs and I heard back from one, one out of 120, which isn't the case so much now at the time. It was, it was a bit rough to get a job, but right. But I got the job and then I was so excited. And in my first week, I got my head stuck in a scaffold. Oh. I fell through the roof, the ceiling. Oh, not Jack. <laughs> no, nah, I crashed my car through a job site fence. And <laughs> obviously, all, all, all the guys were all like, oh, female drivers. I'm like, ah, crap. And um, I got a piece of metal stuck in my butt. And that was um, that was all within the first week on site. So I obviously, I went home feeling quite confused and like, is this really for me? Kind of like it confused how the whole of Australia is right now with the old holding the ball new rule. Just <laughs> <laughs> don't know what's going on, but um, yeah. So, but I decided I'm just going to keep going and build momentum, and and now I I'm here now, and yeah, I'm not a bad plumber. So yeah, it all always starts off a bit rough, but you just got to keep persisting and building momentum and just rocking up every day. I think that's the main thing. Well, Amy, I think Jack and I, and and to anyone who's listening right now, probably has about a thousand questions from all those about four or five different incidents that you just mentioned. So Unfortunately, so many, questions. so many questions that we'd like answered. So many Amy, stories. You sound, you sound like you sound like a man who I'm looking at right now, Camden McIntosh. Just doesn't take no for an answer. 
good. Sounds going to be. <laughs> well, exactly. We'll have to get you on another time, uh, Amy, to, to hear every single one of those stories we in detail. Because show for that one, Sam, oh, we, we, we're going to need a couple of hours to get through all that, Jack. <laughs> but, Amy, we really appreciate you coming on. Swinburne alumni, now a plumber, adventurer, former House Rules and Survivor contestant, never take no for an answer. And that's what perseverance is all about. And we've loved you being on Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Catch you later. Amy Stanton, uh, Swinburne alumni, and don't forget uh, Swintopia, your taste of life at Swinburne, unrestricted. Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. That's what Swintopia is all about. Jack, that's going to do it for us, my friend. You've got to go and uh, get yourself strapped and uh, and get into some meetings. Of course, we are recording this on a Sunday before your game tomorrow, but it's almost uh, time for you guys to take the field in real life. Um, mate, go well tomorrow. Thanks, Sam. I'm not sitting too far away from the kitchen, so I can smell the Musman curry cooking right now. It's going to be one hell of a night, and hopefully tonight is as well. Absolutely, mate. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you on Tiger Time next week. See you later. Uh, that's fantastic. Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia. Your taste of life at Swinburne unrestricted. Jack Rewald's Tiger Time will be back next Monday at 6 p.m., but up next, AFL Nation time, Richmond and the Gold Coast, live from the Gabba, Jack Heverin. I almost said Jack Rewalt there. He's playing Jack Heverin, Terry Wallace, two of the best in the business to take you through a massive game of Monday night footy.